We'd like to welcome you back to our fourth and I believe final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for June 21st, 2015. Next report, another Dave Hodges. This is one that he came out with after the one I just read you, which further validates the first report. There's more documentation. I think this is an important enough subject. I really needed to take some time to cover this. Uh, it's entitled, The UN is Conquering America Through the Control of Water. So you're going to see this isn't just something that they're doing with this drought. This is something that's been being done on many fronts. Okay. <clears throat> it says, do you remember when Detroit went bankrupt and President Obama refused to intervene in order to help the Americans in a beleaguered American city? city? This was both, both baffling and maddening to the American people. After all, this hope and change president promised to fundamentally transform America. Little did we realize that the Detroit bankruptcy would open the floodgates to the foreign control of America's most precious resource, namely water, where the UN has gained a significant foothold in Detroit and its influence is spreading across the country. The, when Obama refused to help Detroit's bankruptcy and its ensuing water crisis, subsequent UN involvement was a portend of what was coming. Today we see California on the verge of extinction because of the profound water shortage. Not to worry, America, the United Nations has promised to intervene in all of America's coming water crises. The UN's High Commission on Human Rights, Special Reporter on Safe Water and Sanitation, Katrina de Albuquerque, is in possession of a mandate which dictates that it must directly intervene with the U.S. government first in a confidential manner and then in a public manner, meaning if there's some big water crisis. The UN has to do this, step in. This is why Obama did not help the people of Detroit, as it was helping the UN establish a foothold in the United States when it comes to the control of our water supply. It is interesting that Obama would bail out GM, but not its host city, Detroit. Now we know why. The UN is interested in water, not automobiles, at least not in the present moment. Now the UN has turned its sights on California. Um, in yesterday's, yesterday's article, which we just went over, I briefly touched upon the fact that California would experience a massive population exodus uh, due to the artificially contrived water shortage. A few of the readers had trouble believing that the water situation was as grave as I stated in the previous article. Here is a chart that counters these misguided beliefs as it depicts the severity of the California drought. Nobody could look at this graphic and subsequently deny the Holocaust that lies in the California's immediate future. We start at March 29, 2011, which is where the picture in the last um, uh, part of the study that I went over, it showed like just a full gigantic lake. It showed dams with water coming over the spillways. There was no drought. There was one, two small regions in California in March of 2011 that were abnormally dry okay which is the least uh form of drought you could be okay just two small regions the rest of the state was normal okay then you go to one year later march 27 2012 whoa huge shift the whole state now is covered in anywhere from abnormally dry to moderately moderate drought to severe drought okay and then the next the next year um it almost looks like it regresses a little bit 
but the state's still covered in, in drought. And then the next year, 2014, then it really starts getting really super bad. Now we've got most of the state covered in extreme drought to exceptional drought, um, all the way to severe drought. But exceptional drought is the worst you can get. And then we fast forward to this year, and now the exceptional drought, which is the worst stage, has, has expanded to cover, I would say, at least half the state. And that was, that was as of March 31st, 2015. Who knows what it is now? So this is something that is definitely happening, and it's being done by, by design. So what if California could not produce food? What impact would this have on the nation? California produces a sizable majority of American fruits, vegetables, and nuts. 99% of walnuts, 97% of kiwis, 97% of plums, 95% of celery, 95% of garlic, 89% of cauliflower, 71% of spinach, and 69% of carrots, and the list goes on and on. A lot of this is due to California's soil and climate. Yet lemon yields, for example, are more than 50% higher than neighboring states. Why? Because of their soil and climate. California spinach, and that's, that's when they're not in severe drought, though. California spinach yield per acre is 60% higher than the net. See, do you understand why they have to take California out? Because this is where the, the produce is coming from. So they've got to take California out just from that standpoint. They've got to decimate that to drive food prices up, to create scarcity, to, to, to get everybody into the government, you know, welfare system. And, and, and to create this dependency on the government for everything. This is why this is being done also. So there's multiple reasons why this satanic agenda is being put in place. Without California, supply of these products in our country and abroad would dip, and in the first few years, a few might be nearly impossible to find. Orchard, or, Orchard-based products, specifically some nuts and some fruits, would take many years to spring back. Soon the effect on consumer prices would become attention-grabbing. Rising prices would force Americans to alter their diets. Grains are locked into a complicated, price-dependent relationship with fruits and vegetables and meats. When the price of produce increases, people eat more grain. When the price of grain rises, people eat more fruits and vegetables. It is not just California that is in danger of having very serious life-threatening water and resulting food shortages. Please take a look at the following map. And here's another map. I guess this is another map of where we're seeing drought come in. Please note that the entire southwest and upper northwest are under severe and soon-to-be life-threatening drought. In other words, the droughts, really, if you draw a diagonal line from Texas all the way up to Washington, and then just all the states in, in um, like on, on the rim um, of the southwest, all those states have some form of drought in them that we're looking at here. To those who have taken off your blinders as... Uh, you have come to realize that there is an elite faction of powerful people who do engage in conspiratorial behavior to get what they want at any cost. Please note the similarity between the above chart depicting widespread water shortages in the West and the original Jade Helm uh, map featured below. Again, it's very close, and it's also very, very close to the Ozatlan map. Um, the initial Jade Helm map is a match for both water shortage and the Ozatlan map designed to sever the union of the seven southwestern states in the United States. The Ozatlan is the proposed giveaway of seven states to create the phoenix of the old Aztec empire. Hence, we now see a water shortage map, a Jade Helm map, and now Ozatlan map that all have striking similarities and they're all overlapping, essentially the same states. Only an avowed conspiracy coincidence theorist 
could believe that there is not a strong connection between the western water shortages, Jade Helm, and Azalon. And there's more. The UN has private partners in its thirst for control over all water. The infamous corporate raider and robber baron of the oil industry, T. Boone Pickens, is leading the charge to unscrupulous, unscrupulously enrich himself as he leads the globalist depopulation efforts to create a series of artificially contrived water shortages. Pickens was one of the first to rush to capitalize on the impending water shortage by his insidious acquisition of the largest underground aquifer in the U.S., the Ogadala Aquifer, containing a quadrillion gallons of water. This massive underground reservoir extends from Texas to South Dakota. So now we're moving more into the middle, into the uh, breadbasket, into the you know Midwest, uh, into these middle states that produce a lot of the the grain and the corn and, and the stuff like that. Now we're moving into those states that get their water from this Ogadala Aquifer. Much of this aquifer extends into prime farmland located in America's breadbasket. T. Boone Pickens is acquiring the ability to turn the American heartland into a dust bowl. Pickens will soon have the political power to charge so much for water that farmers will be forced to abandon their farms and ranches in a Hunger Games rendition in which government-sponsored interest will eventually become the sole purveyor of the nation's food and water supply as the anti-humanist Pickens makes more money from water than he ever did on oil. Just one demon-possessed vessel of Satan implementing Satan's agenda, in other words. In order to acquire the water and expand his control over the Ogadala Aquifer, Pickens needs more political power. In 2006, Pickens bought off the Texas State Legislature for $1.2 billion, with a B. Not million, billion. Uh, this purchase of water-related law-making power has allowed Pickens to the ability, and again, if you want to know more about that, this is all referenced, this report, on how he did it. There's a, it's under reference 11. Anyway, um, this purchase of water-related water-making power has allowed Pickens the ability to accomplish four goals. Number one, he created an eight-acre town and an accompanying local government and subsequently made this tiny municipality into a water supply district. Two, as such, Pickens automatically acquired the right to issue tax-free bonds and thereby gave himself the lucrative benefit of borrowing at a tremendous discount. Three, now operating as a public entity, Pickens is armed with the power of eminent domain, which will allow him to expand his water acquisition potential uh, in which he bullies local residents along the aquifer to sell their properties for pennies on the dollar. Four, Pickens used his $1.2 billion bribe to get Texas legislature to pay for a 250-foot-wide water pipeline corridor all the way to Dallas, where Pickens will make an estimated yearly profit of $165 million a year at taxpayers' expense. Pickens has become the poster child for the phrase crony capitalism. Here we have a picture of the Ogadala Aquifer, like it's it's a like a liquid, like a water pitcher, and it shows you how big it is. I mean, it dwarfs the size of all the Great Lakes. Looks like all of them put together, as far as the size of it goes, and they superimpose this over the states that that it um, influences. Um, and so Pickens told Business Week that he is planning on selling surplus water. But according to the United States, I'm sorry, according to the United Nations research and scientific studies, 
nearly two-thirds of the entire population inhabiting the planet will face severe, life-threatening water shortages by the year 2025. So, Mr. Pickens, what surplus could you be talking about? And In other words, there is no surplus. And here, we are only thought that we had to worry about Obama collapsing the economy through socialist policies. Can you see why they're saying the population is going to be depleted by 240 million? I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons they could they could blame on. Oh, all these people died, you know. I mean, they, uh, you know, they dehydrated, they 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 starved to death. There's no food, there's no water. Then there was all this anarchy, and all these people had to die, and and then there was earthquakes, and who knows what else, you know. I mean, there's so many reasons that they could blame on. Tubin Pickens' control over the water supplies through America's heartland is only the tip of the proverbial iceberg. Nestle, now, we're going to talk about them. They're depleting the Great Lakes. Here is Nestle's CEO, a picture of this devil. He says, quote, I guess he said this, I don't know if he said this on Facebook, but he says, access to water should not be a public right. So whenever you buy anything Nestle, Nestle chocolate bars or, or all of the other products they make or, or Nestle water, just remember, the CEO of that wicked, evil, nefarious company who knows what they're putting in their food, says access to water should not be a public right. There is a second front with, that is being used that is being used to create an artificial water shortage in the United States. Perrier, a subsidiary of the multinational Nestle Corporation, has invested heavily in Michigan and the Great Lakes. Locked behind two sets of chain link fences, a huge siphoning pumps are deliberately hidden from view in the forest. I've reported on this before. And they are pumping the Great Lakes dry and shipping the water overseas. Much of the Great Lakes water is headed for China, filled in massive cargo bags, which are pulled across the ocean by large super tankers. I'm not making this up. This is what they're doing. They're, they're stealing our water every way they can. Either they're creating drought conditions or they're going to price the water out of the, the realm of existence of what you have to pay for it or they're just going to outright steal it or pollute whatever is there. Going further, here's a, here's a picture of one of these tankers. Okay, and then there's another picture of like the Great Lakes area to get an idea what that looks like. By using a gaping loophole in the 2006 Great Lakes Compact, Obama's appointees are allowing the Nestle Company to export precious fresh water out of Lake Michigan to the tune of an estimated $500,000 to $1.8 million per day profit. Obama, and this is just in water, Obama's federal water managers are allowing the theft and subsequent export of our Great Lakes water out of of our country across thousands of miles of oceans into the Asian basin. See, Satan knows how important fresh water is. And not to say you want to drink out of the Great Lakes, but at least you could purify it relatively easy. They want to take away all our access to getting any kind of fresh water anywhere is really where the goal would be eventually. And, and again, that would involve moving everybody into these stack and pack cities really to really pull that off. Um... But going further, uh, so they're, they're moving these, this water out of our country across thousands of miles of oceans into the Asian basin. Nestle is not just taking water from the Great Lakes. 
they are contributing to the misery of California, as Nestle is today in the midst of the California water crisis as well. Okay? Just think Satan, think Nestle. Monsanto, Satan. You know, just all these companies, just equate them with Satan. Okay? PepsiCo, Satan. Any of these big multinational companies, they're all evil. Every one of them. Um... That's why I don't try not to eat their products or drink their products. Number one, I don't want to support them. Number two, only God probably knows fully what they're doing to them. So going further, it says draining California aquifers from Sacramento alone. The, okay, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, they're contributing, Nestle's contributing to the misery in California as today they're in the midst of the California water crisis, draining California aquifers. From Sacramento alone, taking 80 million gallons annually. Nestle then sells the people back the water to them at greatly inflated prices. And this is being done under dozens of brand names. I'm assuming this is the bottled water. What a satanic scam from the pit of hell. Even the Defense Intelligence Agency has clearly echoed the dire warnings of the United Nations report by stating that unstable water supplies will greatly impact all and the water will subsequently be used as a weapon. The DIA report evoked a reaction from former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton just prior to leaving office as she commented that the DIA's findings are sobering and that as the world's population continues to expand, the demand for water will increase, but fresh water supplies will not keep pace, and by the year 2025, the world will face cataclysmic and a very deadly water shortage. 2025, there it is again. In yesterday's article, and that was Hillary Clinton saying that, in yesterday's article, I made the point that the technology exists to artificially create droughts, as I revealed in the series of Air Force documents known as Air Force Owning the Weather by 2025. Why is this year, 2025, figure so prominently in the dire forecasts of the globalists? I almost forgot about the CIA group, Deagle, who forecasted that the population would slip from 65 million, slip to 65 million from 240,000 by the year 2025. Conclusion. I have written many articles on how past despots have used water and food as a weapon. If one controls water, one will control food. The United Nations, through the UN High Commission on Human Rights on Safe Water and Sanitation, has asserted its authority under the guise of protecting human rights to assume control of an area which has severe water issues. Will Americans one day be forced to enter a camp to receive life-sustaining supplies? Meanwhile, Time Magazine reported that Obama will golf on Saturday on a lush green course in California later today. I guess they had got enough water for his golf course. Nero may have fiddled while Rome burned, and it could be said that Obama golfed while America burned, but this is a lot of coincidences to have been compiled in only um, two articles. In other words, about all this water stuff. And I agree. I, I think this is <laughs> really in our face here. Uh, last report, okay, and this is entitled, NASA Scientist Issues Apocalyptic Warning for the United States of America, and the elitists are now going underground. Now, Revelation 6, 12 through 17, which is the sixth seal, um, says, and I'm not saying we're in the tribulation, okay, but this is something that, um, you're seeing all of these people going into these underground bunkers, the elite, okay, the rich, People that think they're going to escape the wrath of God. And here's what the Bible has to say about it. 
And I beheld when I had opened the sixth seal, and the, lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig casteth her untimely figs, and when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens of the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the wrath of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. Uh, they're going to be really, really, really super scared. Okay? And they're already, they've already got their underground bunkers all right on cue with the Bible. You know? Now, I'm not saying if, if someone had an underground bunker, that means that they're, they're evil. Okay? God will protect a Christian person, but this is specifically talking about evil, wicked people and the unsaved and those that have taken the mark of the beast. Okay? So, um, it's, this has all been predicted in the Bible that they're going to hide themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains. I mean, I've seen these documentaries where, I mean, they've literally got cities underground, like in Missouri, and they're, and they're even, you know, um, they've even put out information admitting this, where semis drive in, like one after another after another all day long and unload their, their cargo. And, I mean, they're literally underground cities that carved out of the rock. And, and they've got these gigantic, huge blast doors on them that, that, you know, could sustain a nuclear attack on them. But all that's going to be for naught when the wrath of the Lamb comes on them. The la wrath of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says, for, great is, for, great, for the great day of wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Okay, so that's, you know, into, into the book of Revelation. Now, here we have photos of an, of an elitist compound outside... Um, this is courtesy of Robert Vincino, who's the CEO. I guess this is something they're admitting to. It's a big compound. Looks like on the side of a mountain that's got, um, barbed wire fencing and, um, um, a big wall up beside it. And, and I mean, it's, it's huge. It's huge. And here's just one of the compounds. So this report says, is something terrible and tragic going to happen soon? Brace yourselves because the truth is becoming more evident daily pointing to the fact that something huge is clearly going to take place on Earth, particularly in the United States of America, possibly this year. Government leader from NASA has recently came forward urging FEMA to take the necessary measures for a coming apocalyptic event. From the official government press release, and, and this is a legit release, I give you the link to it, um, uh, here is, here is the, a portion of the letter. We are about, and this is from... Um, uh, President John Casey, SSRC President Mr. John Casey, who works for NASA, and this was delivered to the FEMA headquarters in Washington, D.C. Um, uh, this says today, but it was whenever this was written a few days ago. This is He works at the Space and Science Research Corporation. This is their official document, okay? That's what the SSRC, Space and Science Research Corporation of, of, of NASA, from the official government press release, it says, We are about to enter a potentially catastrophic period of record earthquakes and volcanic eruptions throughout the United States. Volcanic eruptions? Yeah. And record earthquakes. Didn't Jesus Christ say that there's going to be, you know, signs in the heaven and the air and there's going to be earthquakes in diverse places and stuff like this? And a lot of times an earthquake can trigger a volcano. 
So he's saying we're about to enter a potentially catastrophic period of record earthquakes and volcanic eruptions throughout the United States. Um, and then the letter continues. Our research to be published in our June 10th, 2015 Global Climate, climate Status Report suggests the high probability for catastrophic earthquakes or volcanic eruptions in all the major seismic volcano regions of the United States has increased significantly. We believe the USA and the world has now entered the most dangerous period for catastrophic earthquakes and volcanic eruptions in over 200 years. In fact, a new trend of increased number and intensity of earthquakes and volcanoes globally has already started and is generating serious concern in the geology field. This increased threat level warning we're issuing is intimately linked to the ongoing dramatic reduction in the sun output of the in the energy output of the sun. These events tracked primarily by sunspot counts are called solar minimums or more descriptively solar hibernations. Analysis of past climate changes have also demonstrated that when these changes in the sun happen, the earth descends into a long deep cold climate period. Oh, so much for global warming. Anyway, these periods are universally understood within the solar physics community. Our previous research indicating the start of our next solar hibernation is now confirmed by NASA. Now, I understand NASA is evil, okay, but I'm not saying there's nothing that, that comes out of NASA that's ever been true, and this threat seems to be very valid, what they're saying. Therefore, we believe, and it's also biblically backed up. Anyway, therefore, we biblically, we, we believe the well-known high-risk seismic zones in volcanically active regions in the U.S., especially California. Oh, there's a whole other set of problems. California, New Madrid Fault, you know, San Andreas Fault. Um, those things have been, quote, by their own geologists, seismic geologists have been, quote, locked and loaded and ready to go off for years. Okay, that's a whole other thing. So, those... Um, we believe the well-known high-risk seismic zones of volcanically active regions in the U.S., especially California, South Carolina, and in particular, the New Madrid seismic zone. Okay, you know what that is. That's basically right near, uh, essentially, the Mississippi River. Okay, New Madrid, fault line. Okay, may experience, but splits the country right in half, may experience major earthquakes or vol volcanism at any time between now and the early 2030s, when the bottom of the next solar hibernation is reached. I didn't even know about any of this. I didn't know we were in some solar hibernation phase. I think that's why they've changed everything to climate change now, because this doesn't line up with global warming whatsoever either. In the next case of the New Madrid um, seismic zone, we show that in each of the last four hibernations, a catastrophic earthquake has struck the region. So every time there has been a uh, solar hibernation in the New Madrid Fault area, there has been a cataclysmic earthquake that has struck the New Madrid zone, which is basically just think all the way from New Orleans all the way up to where you know the Mississippi goes. It's, it's, I know I'm being too general, but that's kind of what you're looking at in there it could literally split the country in half 
Now that a new solar hibernation has begun, we should take maximum precaution given the high probability that another devastating, devastating earthquake will soon strike the new Madrid fault zone area again. They're saying it's a given. It is understandable that this letter may be difficult to accept given the scale of this problem and the political and scientific establishment barriers that you will encounter should you decide to take decisive action as requested. However, before you reject this message, I strongly urge that you would thoroughly examine our research conclusions and recommendations for preparing for what we expect to be a period of unparalleled geophysical lethality and destruction. I look forward to hearing of your interest on this matter. Sincerely, John Casey. Um, president of the Space and Science Research Corporation, CEO International of the International Earthquake and Volcano Prediction Center. I give you a link to it if you want to see the actual real letter that was submitted. It's up there online. And if that wasn't enough, the global elites are now preparing to move into their underground, what is being called their billionaire bunkers. I just described some of that. A place that only elite, the elite can afford lucrative bunkers designed to withstand any catastrophic event from atomic bombs to tsunamis click click here to see this article in forbes they're they're moving out of the united states in mass they're moving to new zealand they're moving to a lot of other countries that are out of like the target zone of the of the new world order they're moving to places way out um in other countries with their own farms and airstrips self-sustaining with underground bunkers from what i could see they're getting out of Dodge before it gets really bad. Now, the thing that frustrates me is a lot of the, the people up there saying, you got to get out, you got to leave now. Everybody, oh yeah, that, like that's an option for most Christians. Like, yeah, they're in a financial monetary position to fork over hundreds of thousands of dollars to do a move to a country where, you know, they're going to be totally uncertain to where they're going. They have no, you know, connections there. They have no people they even know. There. I mean, it's just not practical for the vast majority of us. So, you know, no matter how bleak it looks, God can still protect you in whatever situation you're in as a born-again Bible-believing Christian. And, again, that's why I started off this study where you talk about how do you obtain God's mercy. Well, unless you show no mercy, you're going to obtain no mercy. Jesus was clear on that. In other words, show mercy, forgive others. Um, you know, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, you know, uh, Ask God to cleanse you of iniquity. Humble yourself before God and pray for the fear of God. And, and those are, are some of the best ways to appropriate the mercy of God, the protection of God, you know, and, and, and to get a hold of God regarding, you know, knowing his will for our lives, for the lives of our family, for the lives of the Christians around us. Is there a place, you know, are there communities he wants us to come together? Whether maybe it's two or three or four families. Um, maybe that's going to be the norm. Maybe it's going to be communities. I don't know. I mean, I just know that if, if it's a big place, I just got to believe that Satan's going to try to infiltrate. You know what I mean? Like if it was like a whole town of people. Well, you know Satan's going to get wind of that and try to infiltrate. Not saying that Christian prayer couldn't keep that aspect out of there. But I don't know what the Lord's plans are for all of us individually. I, I don't know. Um, and... But I know that he can protect. And I know he always preserves a remnant. Okay? And so, on that note, that's all I have for today. And let's go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us, Lord. I do pray, God, that you forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed. As we forgive those who have sinned against us, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults. 
they would not have dominion over us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Lord, I pray, God, that you give us divine guidance, Lord, providence, that you would protect, Lord God, the innocent, that you would protect your remnant, God, that you would give, give them clear direction in, in what path that they should take, um, Lord, in, in that you would show them um, along the way, God, who to yoke up with, Lord God, who to take in possibly under their care, and, and that, Lord God, you would guide us to the provision that we would need in order to accomplish all of these things that you have set before us. Lord, it doesn't look as though our time um, of, at least in America, and I know a lot of other people, Lord, in, in other countries have, have suffered and lost their lives and, 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 and are being martyred, Lord. So um, I, I realize that is the case, Lord. I just pray that you bless those that are under persecution, Lord God, that you protect them, that you preserve them, that, Lord God, if it be your will, you deliver them, and if not, God, that you give them the strength um, and the um, grace, Lord, and the courage to do whatever is necessary, Lord God, in, in, in order to endure to the end, Lord God. I do pray, God, that we be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this earth and to stand before the Son of Man. But, God, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I do pray, God, that you use the body of Christ mightily for your glory and that through us you would be glorified and that lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.